0: Listening to from the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. My friends, welcome, welcome. So nice to see you all. The Lord is blessing us. Um, so. It's such an interesting thing. Recently, we've just passed from the season of Lent into the season of Easter. And I think every time the season of Lent comes around, we just love it because you know that it's Lent. There's so many kind of customs and spirituality connected to Lent. Conversations, like what are you going to do for Lent? What are you going to give up for Lent? There's the purple uh, vestments. There's prayer and fasting and almsgiving there's spiritual warfare against the world the flesh and the devil there's the way of the cross and and all just all of the things and we had a just tremendously beautiful lent here at our lady's shrine it was really very blessed um and so you have that 40 day period and it's just very special if i was um, struggling to find a word to express kind of the idea here i think it's very focused there's a focus in the season of lent huh It's the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert praying and fasting and battling the devil. So the church imitates her Lord for 40 days. We've got this whole thing, and boy, we just love it. But then comes Easter, and we've got the 50 days of Easter, the season of Easter, and it's like it doesn't quite have the same feel. I was wondering, we need to up our game, how we experience the spirituality, the season of Easter. And you know, the Jewish people had a liturgical calendar, and many of the things that happened in the, the life of our Lord Jesus coincided with very special feast days. And it's almost like the foundation upon which the early Christian church built her liturgical calendar. So the death of Jesus at Passover, that's on purpose. And then the Jews right now have a devotion called the Counting of the Omer. So for 39 days, they have a prayer, they count getting ready for Pentecost when they celebrate when God gave them the law, the Torah. And there's no mistake that the coming of the Holy Spirit happened on the Jewish Feast of Pentecost. Again, there's a background there that helps us to go deeper into understanding. But we're in this very strange time right now, where for a 40-day period, the Lord Jesus, risen from the dead, Kept appearing and disappearing, appearing and disappearing. It's a very strange time. We know eventually he's going to ascend back to the right hand of the Father and they're going to spend nine days of prayer waiting for the Holy Spirit. But there's this time where Jesus it's the real jesus it's the same jesus who was in the womb of the virgin mary through the overshadowing of the holy spirit it's the same jesus who walked the dusty streets of palestine it's the same jesus who hung upon the cross died and was buried and now is risen same jesus but yet there's something different now his risen body is what the bible says glorified and he appears and disappears Um, we in the liturgy of the church we have we get to hear all the stories of the encounters that people had with the risen Jesus, and of all of those stories, today's gospel is really one of my favorites. the two on the road to Emmaus. and the Lord Jesus walks with them, although initially they don't recognize them, recognize him. There's this theme of Jesus walking with them. And that's kind of what we're going to look at today. But just to note that this story including almost all the other stories of the risen Jesus were told that this happens on the first day of the week did you catch that detail so why are we told that well you know from the earliest days the church transferred the day of the Lord from the Saturday the Sabbath for the Jews now Sunday for the Christians the day of resurrection the Lord's day and uh, they're gathering together on that first day of the week in what appears to be some sort of early, early version of the Holy Mass. What we're doing now, gathering together as the body of Christ, praying, reminiscing and preaching about Jesus, and then the breaking of the bread. So it it almost feels like the risen Jesus is coming to them again and again and again in the context of some sort of liturgy or mass. And we're told that they were afraid, the doors were locked, and yet the risen Jesus comes... And to me, in praying over that, it really feels like the Eucharist. Do so you imagine if we were in church, like let's say right now in countries like Nigeria, where Catholics are being martyred, and they lock the doors during Mass because of the Islamic militant people coming to to martyr them. But if we were able to lock, well, this analogy doesn't work here, right? Because we're outside. <laughs> but if you were in a church where the doors were locked, When Jesus comes at Mass, he doesn't come through the door. It's a different type of coming, right? The priest invokes the Holy Spirit over the bread and the wine, and we say the words that Jesus said at the Last Supper, this is my body, this is my blood, and Jesus, the risen Jesus, the real Jesus, becomes truly present. But he doesn't come through a door. It's a different type of coming. He appears there under the appearance of bread and wine, truly present. Not a symbol, not a figure, but truly present. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so this, these stories, have, it has that feel, doesn't it? But they're walking, and the risen Jesus walks with them. I was so moved by that detail this morning. That Jesus, we say during Advent and Christmas that he is Emmanuel, right? There's a prophecy from the uh, prophet Isaiah that when the Messiah comes, his nickname will be Emmanuel, God with us. And here in this passage, we literally see that, the God who literally walks with, on the way. That was the earliest name for our religion. Before we were called Christians or Catholics, we were known as the people of the way. And Jesus walks with us on the way. That's because he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. That word in Greek is exodus, the way out, out of slavery into the promised land. Jesus initiated a new exodus. And so he walks with us on the way. And there's something very familiar here. He gives them a little teaching from the Bible. All the passages of the Old Testament, the prophecies that he fulfilled as the Messiah. Did you not know and understand that these things were predicted? They were prophesied that this was going to happen. He would be crucified, died, and would rise on the third day. My friends, this is like a liturgy of the word there's scripture, and there's teaching. And then they go to the table, and he takes, blesses, breaks, and gives the bread. Does that sound familiar? It's the same thing he did at the Last Supper, and the same thing he did when he multiplied the fishes and the loaves. That's the liturgy of the Eucharist. So we already see a pattern or a blueprint for what we're doing right now, what would become The liturgy of the church, the Holy Mass, liturgy of the word, liturgy of the Eucharist. Isn't that amazing? And then we're told now they recognize him, but then he vanishes from their sight. So there's a a recognition of his presence that's no longer tied to seeing, but rather it's something with seeing with the eyes of the heart that he's present in the Eucharist and the breaking of the bread. It's really something. And they're so overcome with joy, they have to leave immediately to go another seven miles back to Jerusalem and to share with the others that Jesus is truly alive, he's risen. So here's a little story to tie it all together. So I was praying over this passage and I was asking the Lord, in what way can we say that you walk with us now? How is it that we could experience Jesus present and walking with us. And I immediately thought of Holy Communion. Think about we're getting ready now to enter into the season of First Holy Communion. Are there any First Holy Communion candidates here right now? So I know Brother Pius and myself both have nieces who are going to receive First Holy Communion very soon. And you remember that the little girls look like brides, and the young men, they look like grooms. There's something of a symbol of the wedding supper of the Lamb as they go for their first Holy Communion. And whenever you attend a Mass like that, you, you maybe if you can remember your own first Holy Communion, for some of us, that was a while ago. <laughs> There's that memory of the first time you received Jesus in Holy Communion. And then after praying about that, I, I was thinking... Throughout our lives, we should count our communions. We should count our communions. In this life, there's only a certain number of times we will be able to receive Jesus in communion. There's a number. and I'm thinking about times when I went to Mass and I got to receive Jesus. He's been there at every stage of my life. When I was a kid, when I was an adolescent, now a little older... (laughs) and i remembered when i was in college i studied in europe for a while and i had such a great experience traveling to so many countries and i remember going to mass in france in italy in spain in poland in germany in austria in um, slovakia and hearing although i didn't know the language i knew the mass and i used to love to hear people praying in different languages but then it would come time for holy communion and i realized even though I was a stranger in a strange land, and it was the same Jesus. He was there. I was receiving Him. I was being united with Him. And in this way, He continues to walk with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And my friends, after thinking of First Holy Communion, I was thinking about something that happened the other day. I had the honor of giving a very small piece of Holy Communion to a friend of mine who is dying. I'm celebrating his funeral tomorrow. That viaticum, that last Holy Communion, when a dying person receives Jesus, even if it's a small little bit, that he is with us on the way as we prepare to pass over into the promised land, into heaven, into the house of God our Father. We're pilgrims here. We're just passing through. This is not home. We're on a journey. We know the destination to be with God in heaven. Jesus walks with us every step of the way. Every Sunday, if not more often, going to Mass, hearing the Word of God in the liturgy, praying, worshiping, uniting ourselves to Jesus and receiving Him in Holy Communion. It's like something out of the Bible that He's walking with us even today. He's walking with us. He wants you to know that you don't go through this life alone. God is with us. He walks with us. He wants to nourish us and strengthen us and heal us. It's the medicine of immortality. And so, my friends, to conclude, I want to invite everybody at this Mass in particular, let us pray with a certain focus preparing our minds and our hearts to come forward, if we're Catholic, if we're in a disposition to receive today, with great reverence, a great awareness of what we're doing and what it means that the Lord comes to us again, just like what we read in the Bible, and he wants to be united with us and walk with us this day. Amen.